0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. Now here is Pastor Scott Floyer. Yeah. I love those videos. Those was so awesome. I was a little worried though when he told me he had an underwater camera. He's was like, yeah, we had a camera. I'm like, I didn't do anything inappropriate, you know. Because I was worried that would be kind of a weird baptism video, you know. So, Hey. We are so glad you're here this morning, and again, you know, as we're walking through this, this month, as we're walking through, you know, just life in general, um, we want you to know that this is a place where you can come in and take a deep breath, that you can breathe in and out, that maybe this whole week it's almost kind of like, felt like you've been holding your breath, or, or you've just got that, you know, that nagging kind of tenseness that goes on, um, and, you know, and, and, and there are times that you just go, man, if I could just make it to the next day if I could just make it to the next day if I you know I, I don't know what's going on in your home I don't know what's going on in your family but man it just seems like today or or just the last couple of weeks as I talk to people that there's just a lot of I, I don't know if I can get through this I don't you know just just really just really walking through life and say man this is tough and so today we want to give you a place where you can just breathe out okay so we did this last week. We're going to do it again this week. We're, I just want everybody on the count of today, We're just going to take a nice deep breath, okay? Now, if you have coffee breath, lean away from the person next to you. <laughs> but on the count, let's go. Okay, one, two, three. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Some of you went, that did nothing. <laughs> now I just feel worse. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, we're going to be talking about what does it look like when it comes to being unselfish? And what does it look like when it comes to giving when it's difficult? Um. And, and again, we want to remind you, as we talk about giving, we're talking about, we're talking about finances. We're talking about our life. We're talking about relationships. And sometimes it just gets difficult to give. I mean, there are certain things that happen in our lives that challenge us to say, okay, can I give in this moment? Should I give in this moment? I don't know about you, but there have been the last couple of weeks where my kids have asked me, hey, hey, can we have this? Right? And you give them, no, not right now, which they know means no, Right? Not right now. That means no, Dad. Just say no. Not, you, know, you know, my kids love doing that. Hey, will you come with us? Not right now. That means no, Dad. Just say no. You know. But when it comes to giving, there are times in our lives where we have to say, no, we can't do this right now. But there are also times when we say, I, got, I have to give no matter what. And I thought about that when it comes to my wife and my kids. And I, I know that you have different relationships that you have to think that through when it comes to, to giving. And, 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 you know, I had to think about it. Is there a difference between getting a video game or getting the best care I can for my child if they're sick? You know, because if we think about it when, it, when it comes to being difficult and things are struggling through, we know that we will do whatever it takes if there is a major need, right? I mean, I think about it, um, my mother-in-law has gone through cancer twice. And I, and I know what my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law had to go through to help her go through that because she was on Medicare and she had to walk through different things and they had to really work hard to make sure she was taken care of. But they did whatever it took to do that. See, God calls us to do that a lot in our lives. The hard part is, is, is us following through with it because we have to give when it's difficult in fact if it isn't difficult then are you really giving does that make sense because i think sometimes we just are so used to giving out of the excess that we have that when it comes to really giving out of what we have or need it gets that much harder See, and so this morning, we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible where, where Paul is talking to a group of people, and he's saying, okay, you have got to give, and it's going to be hard, and, and, it's, and it's because there's a need, and I don't want you just to give because you have, but I want you to give because of what you may not have. I want you to think about that as we look at this story. I want you to understand that God understands giving... God understands uh, about giving gracefully or about grace-giving. See, because that's the kind of business God's in. He, he gives gracefully. He gives grace to us. You know, I looked up the definition. Grace is this. It's the infinite love, mercy, favor, and goodwill shown to humankind by God. That's the definition in the dictionary. I mean, you've got to think that God gracefully gave to us his son so as we look around at our lives we know that there are people that are struggling we know people that are struggling either financially relationally i don't know how many times over the last three weeks i've heard someone say but i feel so alone i feel so alone that's someone that's struggling relationally i've heard people say you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to make my bills struggling financially financially I mean, there are all people around, and I know as we're sitting there, some of you are going, that's me. That's me. I feel alone. I feel like I don't know how I'm gonna make that next payment. I don't, you know, and and we're looking around at each other, and sometimes, especially when it comes to church, we wouldn't know that because we're so good at faking it. We're so go- glad to have you at church. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Liar. Some of us come to church and go, man, if he talks about this, I'm walking out. And all of a sudden, we start talking about certain things. And you go, was he in my home today? Was he in my house? Did, is there like a micro? Is there like an underwater camera in my bedroom? You know, I, you know, whatever, you know. How did they know what we're talking about? Because that's what God does. God has a way of getting inside our lives. He has a way of speaking into our hearts. And I know that some of you in here are dying on the inside. But you really have a good appearance on the outside. See, God has a way of giving grace now this is the thing we are called to have we are called to be grace givers and that's financially relationally spiritually we're to extend grace infinite love mercy favor and goodwill shown to humankind by god See, and we're supposed to reflect that. So as we look at this story in 2 Corinthians, I want you to think about what does it mean to be a grace giver? What does it mean to be giving gracefully? How does that look? And so if you're going to follow along in this story, I want you to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. If you've got one of the Bibles that are sitting on the chairs, that's going to be page 1146. And I want you to be able to follow along because there's a lot of things that we can unpack when it comes to this. Um... And I want you to understand that this is not just to be directed at us about, oh, you don't give enough money, you don't give enough money. Because if you're not giving enough money, if you're not doing things when it comes to what God wants in your life, I don't have to tell you, you're going to know. You're going to know. And so I want you to think, how does this picture, how does this, does this story co- affect my life? What, what does this mean to me? Because that's all in actuality what needs to happen. Because it's a big deal if we sit here and just talk about things and then you walk out and it doesn't make a difference in your own personal life. We could might as well go to a 49ers game where they'll barely win. But um <laughs> sorry, did I say that aloud? <coughs> talk about an element of prayer, right? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. No, that would be the Raiders. Okay, um. <laughs> let's look at Second Corinthians. Look at what it says. It says, now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. Uh, uh, let's stop right there. Let's, let's look at that sentence, okay? Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in generosity, rich generosity. Now, doesn't that sound kind of like an oxymoron, right? No, it just it doesn't make sense. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. See, we're talking about a people that are struggling. Um, in fact, it is the picture of what it really means to be persecuted. See, what we know is back in this time, during this culture, they were actually being either executed, excommunicated, fired, because of their beliefs. See, it's not when someone says I don't like you because you're a Christian. That's what most Western culture people think is persecution. This is actually people that are losing lives, losing jobs. But out of that, out of that struggle, out of that, that hard time, the struggle, it says their wonderful joy. Now, let's be honest. If we were to look around, and we're not talking about Sunday morning Christian joy, okay? I'm talking about real joy that comes from within us. If you were to walk around and talk to the people around you in your communities, do you see people exhibiting joy in their poverty? No. See, we're walking through this. We're looking at a different group of people. Let's keep going. Look what it says. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for this gracious privilege of sharing the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. They begged us again and again for for the gracious privilege of sharing. See, what I found out as I was studying this Was Paul had put together this group of churches that he wanted to talk to about giving money to the church in Jerusalem because the church in Jerusalem is where all of you know Christianity started and started to overflow into the different areas? And these people were getting hit hard because it was a Hebrew nation, these people were being persecuted like you wouldn't believe. In fact, they were having trouble just making the uh, money to live. And so Paul says, Okay, we're going to support these people, these people are ones we're going to take care of. And so he went to all these different churches and said, Okay, I'm going to ask. You to give so that we can take care of this ministry, so we can take care of these people. But he skipped over the church in Macedonia. Want to know why? He thought they were too poor. He thought that he said, "You know what? You guys are great and nice, but you know, I'll just pray for just pray for the people in Jerusalem. You don't have to give. But what do the people in Macedonia do? They beg to be able to give." Come on. How many of us have done that, right? Please, I want to give you. Come on. Don't say no, because most people are going, no, you know, have you ever seen that, you know, where people go like this? No, really, stop. Don't, you know, right? You know, no, don't give. Uh, it's okay. Right? Let's let's be honest. We know that those things go. On. And so these people are begging to give. So Paul in this in this picture says, Best of all they went beyond our highest hopes. For their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever directions God might give them. See, before they even thought about what they had to do financially, they said, spiritually, we need to dedicate ourselves to Christ. Our hearts need to be with Him. Our hearts have to follow Him. Notice what it says. Whatever direction God might give them. As we talk about graceful giving... As we talk about grace giving, isn't it hard when God asks us to do something we really don't want to do? Whether it talks about financially, let's talk, let's talk about relationally. Giving grace when it's someone you don't like. But whatever direction God is calling, let's go on. It says, so we have urged Titus who encouraged you your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to, to complete your share in the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, you have so much faith, so, so many gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us, now I also want you to excel in the gracious ministry of giving. I'm not saying you must do it, even though the other churches are eager to do it. Didn't that sound like a parent right there? Now, I'm not telling you to do this, but you know your brother and sister, they already cleaned their room, right? You ever... My mom used to do that all the time, you know, your brother's got me a gift for mother's day <laughs> right <laughs> oh, okay i'll get you one <laughs> no no i'm not telling you to but your sister really made a nice breakfast for me you know <laughs> i get the picture mom okay so paul's kind of doing that with her. i'm not saying you must do it even though the other churches are really eager to do it this is one way to prove your love is real you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was, though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. I suggest that you finish what you started a year ago, for, if you, were the, uh, for you were the first to propose this idea, and you were the first to begin doing something about it. Now you should carry this project through to completion just as enthusiastically as you began it. Give whatever you, are, you can according to what you have. If you're really eager to give, it isn't important how much you're able to give. God wants you to give what you have and not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean you should give so much that you suffer uh, from having too little. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help them. Then at some other time, they can share with you when you need it. In this way, everyone's needs will be met. Do you remember what the scriptures say about this? Those who have gathered a lot have had nothing left over, and those gathered who, only, who gathered only a little had enough. See, we've got to get this picture. Paul is talking about giving gracefully, grace-giving, all right? And he's talking about what does it look like to give gracefully? How does this impact our lives? And there are a couple of things that I want us to look at. First thing is this. Grace-giving goes beyond difficulty, okay? Grace giving goes beyond a difficulty. Maybe, maybe it's a difficulty in your own financial situation. Maybe it's a going beyond your own relationship uh, problems or issues that you're going through. But we're going to give beyond difficulty. We're going to respond in a grace-filled way. We are going to let go of some of the things maybe we can hold against someone, and we're going to still love on them. Maybe we're thinking, okay, I got a couple of bucks, and I really want to go out to dinner But yet I know that there are people in this community, people in this church in need. See, it goes beyond the difficulty. It's it's about giving in a perspective of there are other people that really are in need. Verse 2 is really specific about it. It says, though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. I'm going to be flat out honest. Churches that guilt you into giving them their money, don't go to. Because to be honest with you, your money really isn't going to be that great of a gift anyways. If I have to guilt someone into giving me a gift, is it really a gift? Right? I mean, we we know we've all been in those situations, no, don't give me that for my birthday. Sure would be nice. Right? You, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Wives? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Someone's going to write me an email and I'm going to delete it anyways. But um, it's just a joke. See, this is the thing. We, we sometimes take it so serious that we forget about there's joy in giving. I'll be honest. I love giving to my wife. I do. I know one of her love languages is gifts. I know that. And I think it is the dumbest thing in the world to buy flowers. You're paying 20 bucks for something that's going to die and be thrown away. Great. I don't get, but I do it anyway. Why? Because it's the joy in giving. It's not about what I get. It's about what she gets. See, and, and sometimes the difficulty that we're giving through is our own. It's, it's our own. And God wants us to, to have this grace giving that goes beyond difficulty. First um, Timothy 6.18 says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give generously to those in need. Always being ready. Always being ready to share with others what other, whatever God has given to them. Notice it says whatever. You know, think about what does that whatever happen to be in your life. I'll be, I'm not one of those people. I don't give money to homeless people. I just don't. I can't do that because I'm worried whether or not it's going to go to something that isn't going to benefit them. So I will take them and get them a meal. I love doing that in San Francisco because there's a subway on every corner, Mm -hmm. right? And I'll say, hey, you want to go get a a meal? I remember I did that with my kids. A couple, uh, it was been about six months ago, we're there. Guy says, hey, I need some money. I said, I'll get you a meal. And he literally looked at me and goes, no, no thanks. (laughs) Have a nice day. I said, you want me to go get you some food? No. So I got to thinking about it. The next guy I walked up, I said, okay, let me ask you this question. Because he asked me, he goes, could you give, because there's a lot of people that are asking. And I said, okay, let me me ask you this question. What are you going to do with the money if I give it to you? He goes, well, that's not important. I said, oh, oh, it is important. Because if I'm going to be a good steward, and I told him of what God's given me, I want to make sure you're doing the right thing with it. And as I walked through that, I realized part of the difficulty was me. So I had to think back. I should have just given him what I had. It's up to God that handles the rest, right? The difficulty sometimes is with us. Although I did have one guy, man. I said, do you want to go have a meal? He's like, yeah. I walked him into Subway. He's like, I'll take three 12-inch sandwiches. I'm I'm like, I didn't know I was feeding the whole Bay Area. He looked at me and he says, Well, there's a guy that's with me that's in a wheelchair and he couldn't come. I said, You betcha. Because you. I was thinking automatically, this guy is already giving out of what he has, which is mine. <laughs> and I was totally cool with that. We come walking out, Tyler's looking at me. He's like, What? Why, why did you do that? I was like, Someone in need. See, we've got to get past. Sometimes the difficulty is us, it really is, especially when, when it comes to finances. It's us. I am the chief of sinners when it comes to money, because I think it's mine, and it's not. Sometimes I think that way relationally. These are my friends, and they're not. God has placed me in relationships so that other people might come to know Christ. So we've got to get beyond the difficulty. Next thing is this. Grace giving goes beyond an ability. Grace giving goes beyond ability. I mean, we need to really understand that sometimes our abilities that we have hold us back. Sometimes our abilities are the things that stop us from doing what God's really called us to do. Well, I'm not good at that, so I'm not going to do it. Maybe God's calling you to do it so that you can get to be good at it. Maybe he's putting you in a position to be challenged so that you can grow. I love what it says in that seventh verse. He says, since you excel so many ways... You have so much faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us. Now I want you to excel also in the gracious ministry of giving. See, he's looking at the church in Corinth and saying, you guys are educated, you've got money, you've got great speakers, you have great discussions about theology, you're all in these great positions. He says, but now I want you to realize there is a ministry called giving. And I want you to figure out how to get good at that as well. And I know that as we sit here and talk, there are some of you sitting there, this is all about money. If you think it's all about money, then again, let's go back to point one, the difficulty is you. Because God does not need your money. The Bible is very specific. He's got enough money. He doesn't need your money. What he wants is your heart. And some of us have given our heart to our credit cards and our checkbook. What is the ability God's given you to use? Maybe it's working with students, maybe it's working with children, maybe it's standing out there being a smiling face as people come in. Because please, if you're gonna usher a greet, have a smiling face. <laughs> have you been to a church where the ushers are like, hey, glad you're here? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, some of you really have that gift. I I honestly believe there is a gift of cooking. Don't I represent that? <laughs> My wife has that gift. Praise Jesus. Right? But I think those are gifts. Get beyond your ability. Understand that your ability has been given to you to glorify God. To be used so that other people might be in need. You could help. I am not a good counselor. I know that. Because people don't want to hear what you have to say in Counseling. You understand that they want to hear what they want to hear so i'm not a good counselor because someone will come to me and we're having problems in our marriage are you hanging out you spend a time with your husband your wife no you're stupid <laughs> and they'll go i don't understand that <laughs> you don't understand you're being stupid okay how can i rephrase that you're being dumb right i just, <laughs> You know, there's this... So I know I'm not a good counselor. So I make sure that that ability goes through. Now, I've been challenged in that ability because there are times when people say, I only want to talk to you. And I'm like, but I can refer you to the someone that's so, so much better, right? God's challenged. So I've had to work on that ability. I've had to take the time to say, okay, it's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through me. It's about God being glorified. And so we need to understand that grace giving goes beyond an ability. Charles Spurgeon, a great uh, preacher in, in England always did a once-a-year message on giving. And it was for the orphanage that he worked with. And so he would do once a year, and every every part of the giving would go to the orphanage. Well, at one point in time, after he was giving this message, someone walked up to him and he said, after one of these meetings, he was leaving the church, where he spoke, and a gentleman said to him this, Why, Mr. Spurgeon, I thought you preached for souls and not money. Spurgeon replied, Well, yes, that's my ability, my gift. He says... Uh, why sir normally i do preach for souls and not for money but these orphans can't eat souls and if they did my brother it would take at least four of your souls to be able to make a square meal <laughs> see the thing is is we've got he was using his ability to glorify god to provide a need for someone what ability do you have to be able to glorify god and, present a need for someone. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, it is possible to give freely and become more wealthy, but those who are stingy will lose everything. So grace giving also goes beyond any type of a situation. We know we can get past our difficulties. We know we need to get past our abilities, but it needs beyond a situation as well. Look what it says in verse 14. Right now you have plenty and can help them. Then at some other time, they could share with you when you need it. it. In this way, everyone's needs will be met. Do you remember what the scriptures say about this? Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. See, we're each in different situations. Maybe this is a, a situation of plenty for you. God has given you that opportunity to take care of someone else. Maybe you're in a place where it's not of plenty, and you're needing some help. God is going to provide someone that should be helping in that area. God has a way of taking care of his people. God uses situations, sometimes in a situation, to break down our pride, again getting over ourselves, to get to a place where we're giving gracefully. I read uh, this week, it says, according to US and News World Report, the poorest households in America gave 5.5% of their income to charity last year. The wealthiest households of, uh, of America gave only 2.9%. According to the magazine Confident Living, nearly half of all the contributions come from homes with less than $30,000 annual income. I even went a little further, and I, and I know this is going to get personal. Some of you are probably going to get irritated, and I'll, I'll be honest, I really don't care. This is something that I want you to listen to, okay? It says this, It's interesting to note that only 9% of Christians tithe, though 17% say they do. And if that stepped on your toes, good. Because God has called us to be graceful givers. You want to know why? Because he gave to us gracefully. He gave us his son who died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. See, grace giving goes beyond difficulty, ability, and situation because grace giving is an act of pure and unadulterated worship of Jesus. I mean, some of you do a great job of worshiping God in here. You're great. And I'm not taken away from that. But you know what? It doesn't end here, it starts here and continues through Monday and Tuesday. And by the time you come back to Sunday, you should be ready to give God even more. But some of us really have a problem with saying worship involves my wallet. St. Francis of Assisi says there's three conversions. There's the conversion of the head, the heart, and the wallet. Because many of us don't see that. And I know, I know. Oh, this is about money. No, it's about your heart. See, because the question that I have for you this week is this. Am I giving out of grace or do I give out of difficulty, ability, or situation?" Because I I really want you to get this picture. God gave to us gracefully. He he overwhelmed us with His gift. His Son died on the cross for our sins. I mean, I want you to think about it. If you're giving out of a situation, then if someone famous, maybe you had someone, your favorite actor or actress, has called you up and said they're going to come to your house. I guarantee you, if that person was going to show up, you would do everything to that house possible to make it look perfect right? You, you'd make sure everything was clean. You'd make sure it was just presented perfectly. And then when they showed up to eat, I guarantee you, you would not go get the macaroni and cheese that was left over from the night before, nuke it and say, here's a meal. Would you? Many of us would probably go out and buy a meal that was cooked by someone else <laughs> because we'd be afraid our cooking wouldn't be good enough. See, grace-giving is someone that goes out and says, you know what, I'm going to spare no expense when it comes to taking care of a need, when it comes to taking care of presenting who I am and what I have to God. Not to the person. Not to the person. But to God. See, God gave us a, an amazing banquet. He did. The most amazing banquet you could ever, ever have. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm a dad, I have, I have one son, I have two daughters. I cannot imagine giving up my son for any one of you. I mean, I, I've really struggled with that picture because you know what, that's what God did. He gave his one and only son for us. So I'm going to ask you all to think about, what does that banquet look like? Because this morning, we're going we're to take Lord's Supper. And maybe this morning, that's something you've done before, and you're thinking it's a, a religious thing that we do. No, this is a picture that God has given to us about His banquet, about the sacrifice that was paid, where God gave, full of grace, His Son for us. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a sec. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.